Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 2, Episode 3, A New Opulence, with Samantha Nye. Samantha Nye is a painter and video maker from Florida. Her work explores reenactment, performance, and identity. Through her creative and funny paintings and videos, she highlights aging bodies, celebrates queer kinship, and facilitates an intergenerational dialogue between queer women and their mothers and grandmothers. In juxtaposition to our cultural preoccupation with youth and white bikini-clad women, Samantha's poolside paintings feature elderly women, including her mother, her grandmother, their lifelong friends, and elders from her queer community. Her paintings and videos are designed as love letters to queer spaces past, present, and future. Her work imagines the future while also referencing lesbian legacies and failures. She mashes up incongruent references, such as Slim Aaron's photographs of the 1960s, lesbian separatist spaces of the 1970s, bat mitzvah parties from the 90s, and the Miami club scene of the early 2000s. Today, I'm excited to share highlights from our interview with Samantha. And since her work is so visual, we'll be sure to include links here after she's done speaking and also in our show notes. Her work is really something. I recommend looking it up. Here's Samantha. Hi, my name is Samantha Nye, and I am an artist. I make paintings and video. Both aspects of my work approach utopia through the remaking of pop culture from the 60s. I do that by filling up the spaces of those pop cultural images with a utopia full of queer women and uh, trans-inclusive lesbian spaces. I'm a queer Jewish woman, but not a religious Jewish woman, but can't take that cultural Judaism out of a a gal. (laughs) Um, I feel that people that I was raised the closest with were, were the elders in my family and not so much the parental units. And so I think that that influences the work. I'm trying to make this ideal future because I would like this queer women pool party to go on when I'm 60, 70, and 80, and hopefully 90. So I'm trying to make that happen in, in uh, at least image it. When I was an undergrad, there was like three different classes throughout my my four years that were like, is painting dead? Maybe painting's dead, part two. Or like, yeah. So you thought painting was dead, you know, number three. But I, for a long time, felt like it, it wouldn't have mattered at all what I made because figuration isn't wasn't valued and I for for what I do and what I'm the most invested in we're kind of having a moment with figuration and figurative painting so I'm feeling pretty good about it right now we've been working with the aging body for probably 10 years starting off making work in undergrad with my grandmother and my mother through that ended up making work with my grandmother's like buddies my mom's buddies and I thought of that work as queer creating sort of a queer relationship with these women and their sexuality and seeing what it was like for them to perform their sexuality for me. And then from there, I was working within a framework of Playboy. Then I started thinking about pool parties because naturally Playboy loves a pool party. And then I started thinking, well, these women uh, may not identify as queer and I'm trying to queer them through this work. What about working with people that identify as queer? And so that's sort of how this started. Simultaneously, the video work was kind of doing the same thing. focusing on these the women that were kinship to me and not in a family way and then kind of spreading out to be more of like queer kin looking for lineage that isn't the straight relationship of like 
what I learned from women before me, like what I would learn from queer women rather than what I would just learn from familial relationships. In the beginning, I was thinking a lot about inheriting trauma and inheriting um, quite literally like a gender expression from my mother and grandmother. I was really fascinated by this like thing that we would all do or this thing that they were upset I wasn't doing. And then I started working with both of their bodies and I was including myself in it, which I've tried doing throughout the years. I never, I stopped caring about uh, my body or painting my body or bringing in like my peers. Anytime I tried to bring in someone of my generation or my age, I just wasn't as interested. And I think um, that led me to realizing the kind of space that I wanted these women to occupy. And um, there's of course this like, empowerment idea and I'm into that but I'm also not trying to make like a dove beauty campaign so I'm trying to walk the line of understanding that this can be empowering for them but I'm really more interested in like truly what even leisure would feel like if women 60 and up were really allowed like a truly like sexual or um, just a leisure experience and and were unbothered by um, the weights of the of the world. <laughs> in the paintings they're coming from all different sources so sometimes they are women that I know. And then I'm finding a lot of women online through uh, maybe reaching out to like an online kink page. Just, you know, can I use some of your images? Can you send me images? But everyone's around 60 and up so that there's this like beautiful utopian space that they get to be truly queer or just truly like empowered. When I first was making this sort of like remaking of the Playboy work, somebody approached me, I was living in Miami, and they were like, you know, we could get the Miami Housewives on here, and this could be this really marketable kind of thing for you. It just didn't feel right. That's not my interest either. Leisure really isn't afforded to women as much, especially aging women. And I think like we see, I think a lot about like Instagram now being just a way that people give like a, an image of faux leisure. So what is it like if we take the capitalist part out of it and, and just say like, what if these women were creating the capital to, to have this life of just like fucking or you know drinking or reading or lying by the pool like what if that was also important what does time and presence afford you in terms of like deepening your relationships and your yeah. friendships yeah. think of this like queer opulence being from this uh very like male white sort of moneyed perspective i'm using a lot of slim aaron's photographs to make the spaces that i'm placing these women slim aaron's photographs have become sort of like a white gay male aesthetic in its opulence and so I think one of the intentions is kind of flipping that not so much to say like uh all the queer women you get a mansion and you get a mansion but more like um what happens if this this was also valuable or created value it's funny because I'm working with just like a visual language and so to indicate that you know I'm using these very like opulent places but I'm trying to queer them as I go like changing some of the sculptures and obviously the people and the things that they're doing. And so it's sometimes hard to communicate that and, and make it clear that I'm not just like talking about wonderful capitalist wealth. Anytime a painting ends or I have to switch studios or I have a moment where there's a blank canvas, I have a weird paralyzed fear as if I've never made a painting before. I've talked to several artists of all different, like anyone who makes anything. So many of us have all described the same feeling of just being like, why have I made paintings or written poems or whatever for 15 years and I just like can't deal with this blank page or this blank canvas and well now I'm a professor so I'm talking a lot to painting students and thinking a lot about like how to talk them through that moment talking them through that moment is reminding me that that is actually just something we do in life a lot like sort of get lost in the question or the fear or the beginning of something and then you're 
two feet into it and it's totally fine and you're questioning why you were ever worried about it. I would go to some paint, like books that I have of painters or look at different work. Mm -hmm. Or even like, uh, let me just look at the colors that Hockney used for this one painting just so that I can remember to just think about color and not think about the like burden of the beginning of the painting. Like, well, he's he, he had all those, those burdens, uh, in, but I'm looking at just these two colors. And I'm using him as an example because he paints pools, but could be anyone. Because you don't know how to do something does not mean you shouldn't do it because what you should be doing is pre presenting yourself with all the problems to learn how to get through them. A lot of people I th will say, well, I don't know how to do that, so I'm just going to wait till I learn how to do it. But I think um, if you just kind of like make yourself have all of the problems, you, you can't get better at solving them unless you just continuously have them. Being okay okay like completely okay with the fact that you don't know what you're doing you don't have to pretend to know mm -hmm. it's better to learn to to actually admit to yourself that you're learning and not that you have to pretend to the world that you already know how to make it i think that's important great well thank you for your time thanks yeah for thanks on the podcast. this was a fun surprise good <laughs> good You can watch Samantha's videos and see her incredible paintings at samanthanye.com, that's samanthanye.com, or on Instagram at samantha underscore nye underscore studio. You can also see a transcript of our interview at futureprairie.com forward slash magazine. We have a live show coming up on Friday, December 20th at the Bodecker Foundation in Northwest Portland, Oregon at 7.30 p.m. Our variety show is inspired by the Chautauquas of the 19th and early 20th centuries, where people from all walks of life came together to experience education, entertainment, and culture for the whole community. We'll have guided meditation by Katie Monroe, dance by Amy Leona Haven, poetry by Anna Suarez, and a sound bath and tea ceremony by Brianna Sass. You won't need tickets for this one. It's our last show of the year, and we're celebrating by making it free. This episode was sponsored by Aria Portland Dry Gin and by the Arcosanti Urban Laboratory. Thank you so much to the whole team at Arcosanti for hosting us. Thank you to our production assistants, Natalie Nelson and Jillian Barthold, and our sound engineer, Matt Larimer. Thank you.